Hey there, Fat Guy Forum fans. A huge Happy New Year as we enter 2022. And I'm excited that you're still listening to the show. If you'd like to support us, you can do a couple of things. First, if you're an Apple user or you use Spotify, you can rate and review the podcast there to get us in front of more people. Also, you can use the support links in the show notes to purchase products, get a discount for yourself, generate some income for the show, or you can join the Patreon. And there's some cool stuff coming with the Patreon I will be announcing very soon. I know I've said it before, but this time it's really happening. So I'm just excited for all that's to come in this year. Thank you so much for being a part of this adventure. And on to the show. Hey there, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Fat Guy Forum. This is your host, Gourmet, and I'm excited to have you with us once again as we sit down with yet another dude who's got a story to tell. And today's guest, his name is Patrick Fitzpatrick. Patrick, how are you doing today, man? I'm doing pretty good, man. Thanks for having me on, Mike. Definitely, definitely. I'm glad to have you here, and I don't want to keep you from the people, so let's get to it, man. Tell us, what qualifies you to be on the Fat Guy Forum? Uh, what qualifies me? Uh, I don't know. You tell me. Uh, let's see. I tipped the scale at my highest at 490 pounds in my life. I um, It could be the... Uh, the $20 trips down to uh, Taco Bell back in, back in my younger days in high school. Uh, could be, uh, what else? Um, the the th- seven meal days I used to have back uh, in college. <laughs> I don't know. There's a lot there, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> so where did it all get started for you, man? Like, you don't wake up 490 pounds. Uh, were you a big kid growing up? Like, where did it all start for you? Yeah, so um, I grew up in uh, New York, uh, and I have a um, sizable Italian family, and uh, we're feeders, um, so every every weekend and get-together, we always eat a lot, and um, being big was something that was just kind of normal in my family. Um, we were like a good, good, rare breed of big people that also were pretty athletic, considering we have a lot of college athletes in our family and such, so um, there was just a lot of uh, eating going on in, in our family, and um, and as uh, sports became less and less prevalent in usually all of our lives as we got older, uh, weight would usually balloon at that point. Um, so for me, um, I ballooned when I was young, like I was, I was I was in four. I was in the four hundred pound range, definitely in my high school years, but still playing high school football, getting ready for college ball too. So, um, yeah, you know, it, it definitely, it definitely, um, you know, came from. It was more of a uh, nurture. It was definitely more of a nurture kind of situation where my bad uh, habit and relationship with food started when I was younger, for sure. Yeah, that was going to be the the question I asked. Like getting to four hundred pounds in high school, were you? You know, especially knowing that you played football, were you conscious of your size in a negative way at that point, or was it more, you know, this is who I am, this is what I do? You know, where where were where were you at during that time in terms of your own relationship to your size and, and your consciousness around food? Yeah, um, I think um, I think I started getting much bigger from such a young age that, and I was bigger than everybody, um, that it kind of became part of my identity. Um, you know, fat Pat was meant as a term of endearment growing up. Uh, I, you know, I guess I lucked out that, uh, Russell Simmons started his, uh, clothing brand fat farm at that time. And fat became a, uh, a word that meant cool. And, uh, you know, I even became a professional DJ and a professional wrestler and used the, used the name fat Pat as an identifier for me. So, um, and was that, that was say PH like, when you were doing it? Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> always, always with a pH. Yeah, like, okay. oh, like uh, that didn't I never make did it anything cool. with a. Yeah, it made it cool. It was different, uh, and like I said, I think it was just always like it started. It started when I was like I want to say in second grade, where it was just kind of became part of who I was, um, you know. And I, you know, to this day, like my brother has me uh, in his phone as. PH Fat Pat, some of my friends, some of my guys who were in my own wedding party <laughs> have me in their phone still as that guy that I've known since I was born. So it became very much an identity of who I was. And it was something I was extremely comfortable with. And, um, 
I don't think I quite realized how big I was getting physically, but it also was my identity when it came to my athletics. I was a, I was a pretty good baseball player when it came to hitting, and it, a lot of that had to do with my pure size and power. Um, when football became an option for me at my weight, which was high school years, I became a really standout football player in New York City which is, you know, it was a lot of positive feedback based off of how big I was. And then um, eventually becoming a professional wrestler in the beginning, and my size was one of my identifying factors. So um, I think I welcomed it when I was younger, and I just never really had a moment where I dealt with the idea of being as big as I was in a negative way until probably after college, to be perfectly honest. Yeah. So what happened after college? Like, when did that, when did that consciousness start to develop? Um, I think it was towards the end of college. I didn't play college football my entire time there because I realized that uh, the time commitment to playing ball, to not having it become a career, was, was heavy. And it was just like, well, you know, this is, this is nice. Like, in high school, it was nice. You had, you know, your chunk of year that you played and you practiced, and then it was over. But in college, you know, it's essentially like a 10-month commitment. Um, so after I, I uh, retired from organized padded football after my sophomore year, I kind of realized um, at that point, like, oh, well, if I was getting this big and I was consistently involved in athletics from age five, and now this is it, you know, uh, I'm, I'm 19, and maybe there's no more organized athletics in my future, and I'm as big as I am, and around then, I would have been tipping around 450. Like, maybe something needs to change, and, you know, action wasn't immediately followed at that time, but I do remember that was the time of my life where I started having those thoughts of, like, oh, well, maybe something does need to really change. Mm. Which I think happens to, to most people. You know, the con being aware of it first, and the action is always something that can happen eventually you know it doesn't yeah, you know, I think that happens right away yeah i think i think the awakening and then you know uh the action sometimes like those two things aren't even in the same ballpark it could be like literally years apart and in my case certainly was uh uh because i i still gained weight after that point um and yeah i mean you know, I think I think you just got to take action, and then hopefully your inspiration really does take over down the road. But uh, definitely noticed it then. Didn't really do much about it then, though. <laughs> and what was life like, you know, for you when you were, you know, four fifty plus? Like, was it impacting anything, or you know, like be having been very active? Like, I know that kind of sets you up for to be a certain, you know, for lack of a better term, certain kind of fat. But what? You know, what was it, what was your life like then? Uh, you know, like, uh, I think I, I was so comfortable in my skin that, um, it really didn't affect me that much as far as a mental perspective. I, um, like I said, it was just, it was my identity from what, second grade, seven, seven years old. So like I was, you know, I was, a. Uh, Buying, I was buying wrestling outfits with that with that name put on it. I, I bought hats that got it embroidered on it. So like that was just like who I was. Um, you know, do, maybe I look back. I definitely look back now. Like, oh man, I wonder what college would have been like if I was, you know, of what a normal sized person at that time would have been. You know, like how different my college experiences would have been if I was just, you know. You know, my friends were, like, around, like, 180, 190, 200-pound guys at that time. Like, I do often look back and go, wow, I wonder I wonder how much how much my relationships would have been different, how much my relationships with, uh, you know, the with uh, the opposite sex would have been different. So um, those things always did cross my mind, especially now that I'm in a much different position. Um, but, yeah, you know, I, I kind of... Uh, I don't regret any of it because it's a big part of what I am and who I am. Um, but as far as what it really affected, I couldn't really tell you yeah. at that time if I noticed any of it. No, I think that makes sense, man. And I, I, 
I see that in people when I talk to them, you know, especially when it's, it hasn't been the other in their life since they were, since they were younger, you know, that thing that other people were targeting and, you know, put out as a negative, like when it's something that you really kind of becomes ingrained in identity, you know, I, I think that awareness takes time, you know, in terms of what that impact might be and what it's actually, what is actually happening. Uh, yeah, how is, and I think, like, no, I, like I said, I think I, I, de I definitely lucked out just, like I said, my family, I mentioned it at the top, there's a handful of college athletes in there, like, um, because of my size, I was stand out in some of the athletics I was taking place in. I was stronger than everybody. I was a good bait hitter in baseball. Yeah, I was slow as hell. But, uh, I, you know, like, uh, I was a standout offensive lineman in my high school, and people knew who I was because of it. Like, um, you know, the you know, in a weird way, although it clearly was keeping me from certain things, it was making me a standout personality because of it. Right. If that makes sense. So. No, I think it does. And when you think about that time, you know, how do you characterize your relationship with food? Because I think another thing, you know, if you listen to this show, like I talk to guys that get to the, all get to that size. Not, not everyone who comes on the show is, is pushing 500 pounds, but a lot of guys have been. And their path there, you know, their relationship with food can be very different. You know, there are people that where food is a primary coping mechanism for emotional issues they're dealing with, or food was entertainment, you know, food was just an integral part. It was never about, you know, the fact that they were using food for reasons. It was that that was just their, the relationship with food they developed growing up. It was a part of their family. And so it continued and they never really kind of thought of, it, of approaching it any different way. Like, how do you characterize your relationship with food? Uh, I think my uh, my relationship with food was very attached to um, good times, uh, family, uh, ritual, uh, and also you you said entertainment. So like there are just things that when I was growing up that was attached. Food was always attached. It was oh man, it's family time. That must mean we're eating. Um, there was a oh we're hanging out with a bunch of friends. That means we're eating. Uh, you know, sports are on television. That means we're eating. You know, like, uh, I think it was a very, there was a lot of ritual to it. And um, and then even just boredom. Like, uh, like looking back, like, my eating schedule for, say, during high school, um, like, if my classes were done and I still had to wait an hour or two before a football practice, uh, not only would I eat, I would eat, I would eat vast and huge um, calories and, and quantity of food just because I was like, I'm bored. What else What else is there to do? You know, so um, I think it was all those things. So again, like I, and, and I also would take pride in like the silly things, like you would have eating competitions. You'd be like, oh, I'm going to, I'm going to win that, <laughs> you know? <laughs> so, you know, silly little things like um, letting it, like I said, like I, I, I never noticed it as a negative thing, and it didn't hurt my psyche. But I definitely welcomed the idea of being that guy, and didn't mind it, and was like, "Oh, if I'm not fat Pat, then who, who, who am I? If I'm mm. not fat Pat?" No, that's a that's a solid question, man. And when you did decide it was okay, it's time to actually make. I need to change something. Like, what brought you to that decision? Like. Was it a culmination of just that realization that you had in, in other events, or was there, you know, a sparking off point for you? I think uh, it was right around, like, 23. I uh, went to the doctor, and, um, like, I just changed new doctors. My, like, my parents were like, oh, you're an adult now. You can go to our adult doctor. And I didn't know exactly what that meant, like, when they were like, my, you're an adult doctor. And uh, both of my parents were are big smokers, and um, I just remember my mom saying, "Yeah, he doesn't bother me about the smoking thing." And I was just like, "Oh, okay, cool." I didn't think anything of it. And then um, when I was at the doctor, um, he just went, "Yeah, listen, we're not going to weigh you. You know, you're overweight, um, but we won't. But we're not going to do it." And and he even said something in passing, like, "I don't even know if we have a scale big enough to weigh you, to be honest." And I just remember being like, "Oh shit." Like, um, having like, that was another big click moment for me. Like, oh, okay. So I'm not going to get yelled at about my weight anymore, which probably like 
if you would have asked me when I was like 19, 18, I would have been like, thank God, I don't want to hear the doctor keep lecturing me every year I go to the, for a physical to play football. Obviously being big is part of playing football, man. But then like, not like having this doctor just basically say, you're big, who cares? Like, you know, you know, I'm, you know, I'm not, you know, you are. So like, whatever, you're not going to listen to me. Like, it was definitely a moment where I was like, oh shit, you know, like this guy's just blowing me off and, you know, not, not even going to like give me his, his speech. Am I that big? Am I that, am I, is this that out of control? And then I right. shouldn't be there Is he, is he basically saying you're a lost cause like at 23? Like, yeah. And, uh, I weighed myself, uh, and around then I was like, 470 mm -hmm. and I was like woof maybe and like I definitely didn't realize I was like 470 and I was like woof and uh, you know it wasn't long after that that some that some motivate that that became the motivation for the very long process and the very um, like having motivation plateauing having motivation plateauing of uh, of my journey down Let's get into that. Like, what what did you do when you got started? Like, what what did that look like? So, uh, my sister, she got um, gastric surgery, and she got like the first iteration of it, where like they actually like chop up your stomach, and um, she found success with it pretty fast. And I was like, okay, okay. So after my parents were like, they were happy with what exactly like. They were happy with what my sister's results were. I, I thought it was good too. I, so I went to the doctor and then the doctor uh, basically said, oh, we don't do the cut up stomach anymore thing. We do the lap band. And he described the lap band to me and then he went great. And then I got weighed in his office and that was the time I saw the weight 490. And uh, that was the time where also the doctor informed my mother, unfortunately I was too heavy to qualify for this surgery which uh, led to me sitting in, in, a, in a lobby with my mom arguing uh, about me being too fat for the fat person surgery, uh, which was like, oh, I was, and, and you know, like, luckily, again, be, just being comfortable in my skin, I was never like one to be like, shut up, but I was just kind of laughing to myself. And basically they said I needed to get to 440 or less in order to qualify for this surgery to, you know, be under the doctor's proper insurance. So now when you go to the process of uh, getting any gastric surgeries, you actually get 13, 13 doctor's visits, or at least back then, uh, 13 doctors you have to see. You have to see heart doctors. Uh, you have to see psychologists. You have to see, you have to see therapists. Uh, you have to see like three different style of therapists too. Um, you have to see cardiologists. You have to see entomologists. I mean, it's just, it's a ton. And that process usually takes months because sometimes getting on these people's books to be seen by a doctor it takes when it's not considered an emergency it just takes months to do so my, my i told my mom you know what just book those appointments i'll get it done and my mom was like you sure and i was like 100 percent. so um it was about a five-month process to see all the doctors i needed to see and then um at the end of that five month i weighed uh 442 <laughs> at the end of all that and then basically the the um the appointment to actually have the surgery a week away so i had to lose the two pounds in that week and uh i ended up losing it and i lost 50 pounds uh all on my own without any sort of assistance and um qualified i literally on my final weigh-in weighed 440.5 and they were like you weigh 440. That's all we need to see. And I was like, great. <laughs> and then, um, then I got the lap band put in and, uh, that really started the, uh, that really started the, um, the journey on down for sure. No. And what losing the, you know, losing the 50 pounds to, to have the surgery. Like, I'm like, I'm sure that first conversation where the doctor's like, okay, this is a surgery for, for fat people. You're too fat for it you need to make some changes, you know, you've got all of these other, you know, it's, it's a thorough process. And on some levels, it's good that it's a, it's a really thorough process when, when that happens, you know, what? Yeah. Yeah. You know, like, um, I think it's, um, it's one of those things that you don't want people to 
go through surgery like willy-nilly. So you kind of have to earn your way there just by seeing those doctors, much less, I mean, in my case, losing 50 pounds to prove it. But, um, yeah, you know, like I, I do think that you have to make sure you're kind of in the right mindset to succeed even with the surgery because the surgery, the surgery is only essentially like, it's a boost for sure, but you know, it's even though it's a boost, it's hard work needs to be followed. Oh yeah. And well, it's I, you. You can look at statistics. You know, people that don't put the hard work in when they have the surgery don't get the results. You know, or get the results and don't get the lasting results. Like I think it's everyone that I know, whether it's friends or people I've had on the show that have been long-term successful, put in just as much work as someone using a different tool. You know, you need, there's a lot of things that, that need to change. And what, when, after the surgery, like, wh how, how did things change for you? Um, so, they hit you with a lot of rules post-surgery about what you can and can't eat from now on for the rest of your life. And uh, I followed that for a while. Um, I, you know, I hate to say it, but I think it, there's just a lot of scare tactics that, that, that they put in there. Like, they tell you, you can never ingest carbonation ever again in your life. And I'm like, I, I, I remember at the time being like, that seems extreme. And then, it, you know, and I followed it for 18 months. Um, you know, there were other, they would hit you with other, like, scary food facts. And, you know, I, I always kind of looked at it. And even looking back now, I'm like, you know, that to this day, when I found my most success losing the weight, it was never really being restrictive. It was being more understanding um and for me I, I lost weight immediately post-surgery because um you know your stomach's real sensitive so you physically can't be eaten as much as you once were at that time just because your stomach is literally kind of in a state of healing and then um and then depending on the surgery you got nowadays most of the most of the gastric surgeries they don't cut you up nearly as bad but the idea is that like those surgeries have to, those surgeries will physically slow you down from eating. Um, so you end up losing weight by accident almost off the bat because everyone's just so heavy that there's really no way to not lose weight in those first couple months. But then, you know, you start to plateau out. And in my case, I plateaued out and I spent four or five, like four or five years post surgery, like going in and out of motivations. Um, of like, oh, I'll lose 20 pounds, and then I'll plateau for a while, and then I'll lose 30 pounds, and then I'll plateau for a while. I never really regressed, which was always I, always good, but um, I went in and out of motivations a lot um, at that time. Uh, I definitely at that time was, was like, I guess this lap band's going to do most of the work, and, you know, um, luckily I got out of that phase, though, for sure. So, like, my post-life was just about learning how to eat with the lap band mostly. And how did you handle the mindset side of it when you were seeing, you know, weight loss come and then plateauing and weight loss come and plateauing? Because I think that's a challenge, regardless of what tool people are using, that everyone faces and can be devastating to some people's progress for sure. You know, the idea that, you know, and, and, and I'm sure, you know, being in the Having been in the weight loss space for so long yourself, you know, I'm sure you know, you know, there are people who, t a they think a plateau is there after three days, you know, like, oh, my weight hasn't moved in three days, I must be at a, on a plateau, I need to immediately change everything I'm doing. Like, what, what was it like for you when you would hit those, you know, kind of extended periods of not seeing any loss? Like, how did you kind of, how did you find that motivation, if, if, that, if that makes sense? Um, yeah, you know, for me... I there, you know, I, um, I, I, I was always happy and I always kind of looked at this like a long-term thing when I was losing the weight at first, like, you know, and again, I wasn't looking to do any sort of crash dieting. I knew back then I didn't want to like, you know, like I liked certain foods and I don't want to stop eating certain foods. Um, I, 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 I have a much more refined approach to those things now, but back then it was like, my rough thing was like, I, I like fast food. I don't want to take it out of my diet. Um, so like a lot of the plateaus were like, I knew I was eating too much fast food or just too much 
too much like chips. Like I, I knew why I was plateauing and I wasn't discouraged by it because I kind of understood like, Hey man, this is, you know, it's on you. You're doing it, you know? And again, too, at that time I was pro wrestling. So it wasn't like fat Pat wasn't also a, a, a positive in the sense that my wrestling character at that time was a 400 pound, jolly, smiley fat guy. So, like, I still was very identified as that person. Um, so there was there was always gratification coming back to me for being fat, and it wasn't anything that was holding me back. And I was lucky enough at that portion of my life to not have any sort of health concerns, both physically or any of my inners uh, in that in that regard. So it never really was anything that. Um, was a big concern at the time. Like I was happy I was losing, like I was 490 pounds and you know, at, at a certain point I was 390. That's a hundred goddamn pounds. That's, that's a lot of weight to lose. Um, so I, I, you know, I, I always knew like, well, that's a lot. So don't be upset by that. You know, was it a little annoying at times when like, you know, you lose a hundred pounds and no one notices. Yeah. Because you know, some people are, some people, they just, you know, you go from being big to still big, you know, and uh, some people don't notice. Um, so like, yeah, that, that might've been like part of plateauing, why motivation didn't keep because um, a lot of people like to say like, oh, you got to find, um, you know, motivation from within and affirmation from within, but man, you know, external affirmation is, 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 is really intoxicating once you start getting it. Mm-hmm. Oh, 100%. And when that external affirmation slows down, that can be a real challenge, like realizing what impact that was having. And, you know, I, I, I think one of the things you talked about that's just really so important was, though, in those plateaus, having that mindfulness about, I know why this is happening. I know what I'm doing. Like, I think too often you hear stories when people are running into those moments that it, there's, there's a lack of awareness around what they're doing, you know, what they're eating how much they're eating, all of that. And it leads them to leads them to blame other things, other external factors, instead of saying, well, yeah, you know, I had some extra fast food this week, or I had more, like you said, more chips than I was planning to. So that's why the scale didn't move. Like that makes yeah, sense. And like, the math adds up. Yeah. And like the first thing, the first thing I would always ask anybody nowadays who like complains about stuff like that, I was like, and they'll say stuff like, you know, I had extra this and extra that. I was like, oh, man, was it good? <laughs> like, that'd be my first question. And they'd be like, yeah, of course it was. And I was like, then, okay, cool. You, do, uh, you enjoyed it. Cool. Let's get back on track now, though. You, you enjoy, you, you know, there would be nothing worse than, like, you know, quote, unquote, cheating on your diet, if that's even a thing. I'm not even sure that's a thing. But, um, like, it would be terrible if you told me, I ate it and it was totally not worth it. And I'm, you know, and I'm like, well, was it really not? Like, did you enjoy it? Did you think that that rack of ribs you had at Outback was, were, were great? If, you know, if you didn't, then, you know, it's, that's part of diet. That's part of eating is enjoying what you're doing with yourself and understanding that not, not every week, not every day, not every month needs to be a weight loss program. It needs to be a like building a sustainable kind of way to eat. So, um, I, I definitely wasn't like self-aware enough to say it maybe that way back then. But now, you know, like my brother is currently on his weight loss thing. And when he doesn't lose, when he doesn't lose weight, uh, I'll be like, well, what you do this weekend? He'll be like, well, I did this, that, and that. And I was like, did, did, did you like it? You went to Bacon Fest. Bacon Fest is probably awesome. Mm -hmm. you know? So well, like, you know, things like that. So, yeah. But I think that's something that's so, because I think the, the reality most people live in when those things happen is in that reward punishment cycle. You know, they get into that place sure. of, you know, I went to bacon. Oh my God, I went to bacon fest and I overdid. I shouldn't have done that. Why did I do this to myself? I ruined everything that, you know, we start, you know, when I hear that, you know, I, when I work with people as a coach, like when I have those discussions with them, I'm like, well, you know, if, if you were really okay with doing all of this, be okay with it, you know? Putting that that added that added pressure to kind of beat yourself up never never leads to anything productive and doesn't allow you to kind of have that perspective that I didn't cheat like that's why you know personally like even I you know talk about this online you know on my Instagram like I don't like the phrase cheat meal because where does where does cheating ever really get us like we 
our, our eating is a series of choices. And if you're not in a place where you're focused on weight loss right now, be okay with not being in a place where you're focused on weight loss. Like it's not about everything has to be these incredible highs and lows. It, sometimes it can just be about you did something because you wanted to. Like it doesn't mean that every, every bite of food is, I know exactly why this food is going into my mouth. Like I'm putting this food in my mouth because they're selling bacon on a stick at a festival and I wanted to eat bacon on a stick. Like allow it to be what it is and don't, because I, I personally, like in, from my experience, most times when people are beating themselves up, it's almost like to continue to enable them to not pay attention to what they're doing. You know, it allows you, you know, getting upset at yourself just allows you to say, well, I screwed up. I might as well have screwed up everything. Let me throw everything away. Let me throw everything I've learned away. You know, I've seen people 200 pounds down say, you know, I, I threw everything, you know, I, I ruined everything this weekend. And I'm like, you've been doing this for two years and two days ruins two years. Explain that to me, you know, really explain that to me. And in the end, most people can't like that. It's it again. It's, it's that willingness to punish ourselves that has somehow become ingrained in a lot of people, especially people that have been significantly overweight and have had those lectures their whole lives, whether it's from doctors or family or all those people like you get used to lecturing yourself. Instead of just being like, well, no, I, I, I can tell you why the scale didn't move. I can, you know, I, this is what I did this week and I enjoyed it and I'm fine with that. Yeah. I, um, I, you know, I've, uh, I've been fortunate for, for myself to, um, as, as I've went further down my journey, you know, obviously experience, uh, experience leads to, uh, knowledge and, now I can I can really balance my meals out really well around the idea that like hey this weekend's gonna be you know a great party weekend we got like four birthday parties we're gonna hit and it's gonna be great and I'm totally fine with that and I know how, you know and like I can balance myself really well around all of those things um, and it's just you know I, I you know as I am now uh, I. I'm not like competing in any sort of bodybuilding competitions by any means, but I am now at a point in my fitness journey where it's not about losing weight anymore. It's about lifting heavy weights and looking a certain way. Um, and there are people in that line of work, uh, in that in that line of community that literally look at food 100% as fuel and purpose and tools and purposes to get the looks they want. And I just don't look at food that way. I, like sometimes I just sometimes I just need to eat pizza, you know, and that's totally cool with me. Especially because I've learned now how to track my meals and my macros and my and my intake. I can, you know, like you talked about cheat meals uh, a while ago in my life. I would have told you, oh yeah, I definitely have cheat meals. Now I don't really say I have cheat meals. I I have meals, and if one of my meals is two slices of pizza. I can still hit my calories and hit my hit my macros how they needs to be hit to make my day and hit my day's goal and I still had my quote cheat meal to some people um, and like I said just ex I think experience leads to just understanding better um, you know I, I could tell you I could tell you yesterday was my niece's one year birthday and I had plenty of sweets I had plenty of alcohol and, um, you know, I still, for my week, am, you know, I'm in a weight loss cutting phase right now of my, of my year, and I still lost uh, weight this week. So, um, you know, I, 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 it's one of those things that the more you do this, the more tricks you learn, the more you start getting comfortable with it, the more, like I said, like if you love Taco Bell, let's do it. Let's get, let's get Taco Bell on that eating schedule. And we can eat around it for sure. And you didn't just stop at 390. Your weight loss, you know, eventually, no, eventually no, continued. No, 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 no. You know, yeah, like yes, no, I, no, I, no, I, I, I don't want anyone to think that you were like, okay, I went from 490 to 390, and now I'm eating Taco Bell. No, like no, I uh, I went I went from 490, and my lowest I ever hit was 190. So I. And, and I only did, I only did that at one point because I was like, I, you know, I, I think I got down to, what was it? 194. And I was not exactly in like, it was right after a really tough job. And I work in a, I work, I work freelance in television 
and it was and it was right after a really tough month on a job where I was working like 18 hour days, six days a week. And I just got on the scale and I weighed 194 and I just said, oh my God, four pounds. And I could say I've, I've lost 300 pounds in my life. And uh, that's the only reason why I got down that far. Um, but uh, no, now I'm, now I'm, now I'm currently this morning, I was at 214. So uh, that is around two, somewhere between 205 and 220 is where my body likes to stay generally. So um, yeah. And you know, I, you know, Definitely, definitely do stay at 390. And what is your, I think you've started to really get into this. Like, what is your relationship with food like now? Oh, it's, um, it's, now it's, um, sometimes like when I'm trying to hit my goals for my fitness, it's actually at a point to where, um, I naturally under eat now in my life. Like, it's funny to say that, but like definitely in my teens and my early twenties, I was an overeater. Now, uh, just understanding what my body should be eating as compared to the amount of calories I burn daily, just, just living and then adding a workout on top of it. Um, I naturally under eat because that's where my brain puts me. Um, and because I, because when I'm at a point in my, my year where I'm looking to cut down weight before the summer begins here in America and, uh, and then when I look to put on more muscle around the fall, winter time, I'll, I'll, I track my calories very closely on those days and my macros. So I actually end up eating more food. I I'm probably eating more food at this point in my year than I will come the beginning of the new year and into the summer when I stop kind of tracking myself. So my 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 natural uh, in my natural inclination is to under eat uh when i just kind of eat intuitively at this point in my life uh and i don't avoid foods like that's just not in my if i don't like it i won't eat it you know like you know if i uh you know uh as crazy as it sounds i may have said pizza before but i'm not an on an abundance eater of pizza uh so like you know this is not really in my um my meal but i'm a huge lover of chicken wings I, I love drinking beer, going out with friends and drinking beer. Um, can't say no to a good charcuterie board. You know, like these are things that uh, that are that some people I've had discussions with where they're like, I can't believe you eat stuff like this. And I'm just like, well, man, like I knew this was happening today. Like I this wasn't really a surprise that I was going out tonight. So I can prepare myself going out and. I have, you know, whether it's, you know, you know, you're eating lower calorie, higher protein foods to balance out the scale of what you're going to do later in the night. Um, you know, like, uh, you know, it, it's just about being a lot more deliberate about oh. stuff like that when I'm going out. Which it, it is, this hasn't been, we're not talking that you were 490 a year ago. You know, you, yeah. you've, you've been on this, this, this. I call it, I always use the word journey, but, you know, it's really about our entire lives. But, you know, when, when ugh, apparently my words don't want to work. <laughs> give, to give some time frame, it is currently 2022. Um, when was it that you, you hit 490? Like, when was your, when did you start, you know, when was the lap band surgery? To give people uh, it would have been nine years, it would have been nine years ago now. So you've so had, it, so nine years of really kind of, educating yourself and working on habits and, you know, showing that, you know, that the change is possible. Yeah. Uh, it was definitely, uh, and to be perfectly honest, like, and I, and I don't know if this is discouraging to people or what it would say or, or anything, but, um, I would say of that nine year journey at this point, um, it's really been the last three years where I've kind of really developed a stronger base of education and a stronger base of what what exactly is happening to my to my body and how what are the best ways to do it um and to do it sustainably too because as i mentioned before there was plateauing that went on in there and within the body of that time there was a there was a calendar year that was wildly successful and part of that was because i changed major habits in my life i moved to los angeles and got got out of a lot of habits of like eating 
overeating with my family and things of that nature and also started cooking and fending for myself. Um, so it, you know, it takes a while there. You could definitely do learn the basics really fast, but then it's just like everything else, man. You got to get your 10,000 hours to really become down to something that, you know, at this point now, like I said, you know, you could, you could, you could do this and still not take any foods out that you want to keep in your, 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 your plan, any drinks you want to keep in your plan. Um, it's just, you know, it's just about being a little bit more deliberate. And, you know, I, I think I could speak for everyone who listens to this podcast. And I, I think we all wish that this came a lot easier to us. Like I, we all know that guy that is just that guy or that girl that it seems like fitness just kind of came to them second nature. And, uh, I think we all wish we we could have been that person to a degree, and wish it was that easy for us. Um, but you know what? When 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 I look as good as them, or they or you look as good as them, you'll know that you worked hard for what you got, and there's an understanding for that, and there's a lot of self rewarding in that. No, for sure, and I, I think the clear thing is that you have found what works and is sustainable for you. You know, like. Being able, and that's that's almost like the most important thing, like not even necessarily the rate of weight loss and the length of journey and all of those pieces. It's like coming to that information and, and figuring out how to put it into practice is is really what ends up being key, you know, and be, ends up being key to the idea that once you hit a certain goal, things don't end. You know, life doesn't end. You don't get to say, you know, I, I, I hear a lot, you know, when people will reach out to me and say, you know, I want to do X, Y, and Z until I get to this point, And then I want to be able to just be quote unquote normal. And it's like, well, that your normal is what got you to 500 pounds. So maybe you need to work on learning, you know, what's going to make your body thrive instead of just being anticipating, being able to go back to the old habits, you know, being able to say, well, I want to be able to go back to X, Y, and Z. And it's like, well, okay. But it, if you want to find ways to work things in, you know, it changes. Like you were saying $20 at, at Taco Bell. You know, I think about dropping $40 at Taco Bell a couple times a week. I remember my first stint, you know, first stint on this kind of what I consider to be the journey I've been on the past, you know, five plus years that I had kind of gotten things dialed in. I had taken those 2 a.m. Taco Bell trips out of my life and kind of fell off the rails for a bit and went back. And when I pulled into the Taco Bell drive through the kid working was like, oh my God, I thought you died. Like, okay. And that didn't stop me from placing my order and, and eating half of it on the drive home, of course. But, you know, it's about realizing if what was normal got you to where you were before, maybe it's about finding something new, you know, and being willing to kind of be open to that and learning. And I really, it's like you said, like, I think people want it to come easy. People want it to be handed to them. You, I'm sure you see this all the time. People want to just, you to tell them, you know, just tell me exactly what to do every day. You know, tell me exactly what to put in my mouth every day. And I'll just do that. And that's what I'll do. And it's like, well, if you don't understand why you're putting it in your mouth and learning about your relationship and how your body feels eating different ways and all of those things, you're going to go back to where you were before. You know, you have to be open to, to growth. You have to be open to realizing that most of the habits that got you into that place were things that you learned over time. So it's going to take time to learn new things. It's going to take time to learn to love your body being active when you've never been an active person. You know, it's not something, you know, it's not like that first week. It's, we love, you know, I could personally say I didn't love the gym the first week I went into the gym, you know, especially getting on, stepping on all the treadmills at the gym I went to and them not moving because I was too heavy for them and trying to get on some machines and being too big for the machines. Like that wasn't a great week, but I kept at it. And it's that idea that eventually you start to, learn more about yourself and what your body responds to and what you enjoy and what you don't enjoy. And like you said, you know, if you're eating food that you don't like, you're, you're not learning what you need to learn, you know, to, to turn your, put your body into that healthy place. Like if you're forcing yourself to do something and it feels like you're white knuckling for a couple of years to get down to a goal, you know, white knuckling, you can't do it forever. You're going to break if that's what you're doing. Yeah. I, uh, I often, um, I don't like to say I'm on a diet anytime I'm doing anything because I do think diets are in my mind, like those are things that are built around the idea that I'm white knuckling for something, 
right? Like, like um, I'm going to white knuckle this because I want to get down to X weight. I want to fit into this shirt. I want to, and like you said, um, like once you start white knuckling, you have to understand that like, that's not going to be what's sustainable for you. I guarantee it, you know, because it's just, you're, you're not, you're not there. And I'm not saying that whatever you're doing while you're white knuckling it today, it won't be something that you are completely comfortable with in three years. But today, that's not a sustainable way to go. Um, you know, the perfect the perfect diet um, is different for everyone. I guess you could, you know, in that regard. Um, you know, like I I know plenty of people who love fish. I don't like fish. I don't. I don't. I don't eat fish. Uh, uh, so if someone was like, "Yeah, you have to eat cod," to you know, it's a super lean, high protein. Uh, source and I'd just be like, yeah, no, that's not gonna happen. You know, like that's you know, I don't care how lean and how high in protein that 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 cod is. Like I I am not eating it. Like it's just not gonna happen. Or you know, someone's like, well, you have to eat turkey breast uh, or or chicken breast just completely plain. And I'm I I don't care, man. Like I'm not I'm not doing that. Like that's not gonna be a part of my diet either. Like you're telling me you just just take a piece of chicken and out of the package and grill it up or put it on a frying pan or bake it like no like we need to figure out how i'm going to eat this piece of chicken and you know it takes time to develop like understanding like oh i like it like this you know um you know so white knuckling for like a small amount of time is it's 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 something that's gonna have to end like you have to build something that um is like you know sustainable is the word um i think uh what's the quote uh most people overestimate what they can do in a year but underestimate what they can do in five so like think of it that in that regard um you know nine years ago when i was going to all these doctors and i was i met a psychologist and i i i, I just had this conversation in my head where she, we were talking and um she was like i don't know so like what's your ideal outcome if you actually get the surgery and i was just like i don't know man like if i was like 260 that would be great you know like that was my mindset was like if i can get to 260 that would be amazing and you know i i blew 260 out of the water i um you know i i you know and at that time if i told if i told people at, at that time when i was like in that process of about to get the lap in that I was going to look the way I do when I was, when I'm 33. Uh, I told people I was going to be someone who absolutely positively loves the gym. And, uh, you know, I was somebody who was playing college football and I hated going to the gym. Um, if I would have told my friends that, you know, I was a hundred percent disciplined and, and knew what works for me and, you know, quite frankly, to be in like some of the best shape of anybody I I went to school with or anything like that, I think people would have laughed at me nine years ago if I told them that. Like they would have been like, "If you say so," um, and quite frankly, I don't, I wouldn't have believed it. You know, uh, but you know what I accomplished in that year then became what I was going to accomplish the next year, and then what I was going to accomplish the next year, and then what I was going to accomplish the next year. Um, you know, and progress isn't always steady and linear. So, uh, you know, it, it's just, um, you know, uh, you know, motivation usually comes after action. So, and after action, you start to realize what motivates you and more importantly, what, what you want to drive to. And, uh, I think it's just, it starts with just doing. Mm-hmm. And that's a great way to put it because I think sometimes people expect that they're going to get this burst of motivation that comes from is a magical gift that they somehow are given, or they read a great, you know, inspirational quote on the internet. And all of a sudden that's going to carry them through five years, six years, 10 years of work. And it's like, well, no, you have to, you have to learn what really is motivating you and what's keeping you going and what's getting you out of that place of, of living in white knuckling. And, you know, I think that that's really smart perspective on it, man. And while, while Fat Pat isn't wrestling anymore, you are still wrestling. I, I am. I took some time off for uh, the weight loss time. Uh, 
and uh, since have came back, I uh, came back about mm, four years ago. So I had about a, it was about a year before the pandemic, and then the pandemic started, and then it kind of started all it kind of st- stalled out all wrestling shows for a while. Um, but I am back at it. Uh, I wrestle under the name Patrick Fitzpatrick, um, and you can go check it out on Instagram, Patrick Fitzpatrick PFP. Uh, it's not just my wrestling page. It's, you know, basically everything I do. Uh, I also have myself a podcast with my, uh, two buddies, um, my two buddies who own a gym. They are personal trainers. One of them is my personal trainer now at this point. Um, he has absolutely helped unlock my, my love of weightlifting. Um, and now, and building a physique that I, you know, again, just one of those things that nine years ago, I don't think a lot of people would have believed you if, like I believed me, believed, and believed me. I don't know if I would have believed myself if I was, uh, told you like, Hey man, you're going to look this, you're going to look like this. And it's not like I look like an Adonis by any means, but it's, um, it's just, you know, it's, it's something I, I really enjoy doing. Uh, the podcast is called the Sundays off show. Um, it's called that because, Hey man, you know, like your fitness journey, your diet, your workout, all that stuff. Guess what, man? You're going to have some, some days are, are off days and that's okay. So, um, we, uh, drop a new episode every Monday. Um, go follow me on Instagram and, you, you know, we post about it every Monday. We post up clips every now and again. Uh, I also post up a lot of food. Uh, I, you know, some people are always shocked at the things that I eat still to this day. Like, oh, I can't believe you eat that. Um, I do, and I, I usually I usually post uh, the ingredients and the and the and the calories and the macros to go along with it. And uh, if that's something you're into too, and you want to see what I'm eating, come on over. Let's have a good time. Message me. Uh, I literally met I met Mike through a couple of different, uh, accountability groups that we are in and we, we just talk online. So if you want to talk online, come on over and join the party, man. No, for sure, man. And I'm going to make sure that there's links to your show, which I've, like I said, I've listened to a couple episodes and then I saw actually you had one of my friends on there. Um, John Arpino, uh, JR, yeah. JR's journey. Um, I'm curious. Yeah. Because, like I said, I'm going to put all the links for all of those things, and I definitely want people to reach out and connect with you if there's something, you know, they want to talk to you more about what you're doing and all of that. But I'm just curious, as a, as a wrestling fan, what is it like wrestling now versus what it was like wrestling when you were much heavier? Like, what have been oh. the biggest changes you've noticed? I mean, because obviously so, it's going to be um, significant. Yeah, so uh, for those, I mean, I guess you can let the cat out of the bag. Wrestling is a performance. Um, what? The idea, the, it is predetermined. Uh, some people call it fake. That's a word for it. Uh, although falling down and falling down numerous times, mm-hmm. uh, getting lifted up and slammed, isn't really that fake. Right. Uh, but it's definitely, it's definitely a dance in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also part of that is like whatever you look like, you have to kind of wrestle towards. Um, when I was 400 pounds or even just on the higher end of 300 the truth is, should anybody be picking me up and throwing me down? Probably not. Like, even if I was in the ring with somebody who could pull that off, um, you know, to tell the the story, I guess you could say, like, you, you don't want to go, you don't want to get thrown down a lot. So, um, when I came back to wrestling, there, there, there absolutely has been a long learning curve to kind of have to reprogram my body, uh, have to reprogram my training because there were certain things because I was just so big, uh, trainers would just say, oh, don't worry about it. You'll never need to know this stuff. And sure, when I was 400 pounds, they were, they were right. But now I am 220 pounds. I, I do care. I am still bigger than the average person on like the independent wrestling scene. I do carry more muscle than the average person, but I'm not in any way like unpickupable in the world of pro wrestling anymore. And uh, it's funny you're asking this now because this weekend I had a match where I wrestled a guy who I used to wrestle with a ton a decade ago. And um, the amount of times he was throwing me around the ring and picking me up and slamming me was actually a quite large number in this match because the story we were telling was this person was like very intense and very mad at me. So he was beating me up. And 
we were both just laughing the entire time. Like this would have never happened a decade ago. And now, you know, there's a picture that the photographer just posted up of that guy literally having me up in a body slam and holding me for many seconds. Uh, so it took some reprogramming. It took being comfortable in my own brain with people picking me up. Uh, that was a thing that like, you know, at first it was just like a nervous wreck every time somebody picked me up, like, oh God, oh God, oh God. Now it's kind of second nature. It's, well, it's not quite there yet, but it's getting there. So, but uh, definitely a lot of reprogramming in, in, in technique to learn, you know, it'd be like if I went back to football now and people were like, yeah, you're now a, um, you're, you're now a wide receiver. And I'd be like, oh, well, do, does any of my blocking footwork or my hands matter? And they're like, no, this is a whole different, <laughs> a whole different ball game. You're right. A whole different set, a uh, whole, whole new skill set. So, uh, definitely from that perspective, it's weird. Oh, I'm sure. It, and I think it's, it's got to take some, you know, I think for anyone, not just people that are professional wrestling that have lost a significant amount of weight, but when Fat Pat was your identity, not just your, your wrestling moniker, but, you know, was that identity, like you said, you're still in people's phones with that name, and you built an identity there, it's almost like, what, where does that identity become now? You know, building that new identity is, is also a part of this, this past nine years. Like, what do you think have been the biggest lessons you've learned, you know, on the inside as, as you've come through this journey? Um, I think it just, it applies to most things that, um, really anything, you know, um, it's probably the single greatest thing I've done for my accomplished in my life so far, you know, hopefully there's some other great things coming down the pike, but like losing 300 pounds is something that what, I don't know, you, 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 you say with me, uh, you know, I often say like, has even 1% of 1% of the population ever found this much success in losing weight like I have? Probably not. So if I can accomplish this, my mindset towards uh, growing and learning has completely changed. It's, um, you know, um, it has uh, it has not made me shy and not made me feel any bit weird, even in my 30s now at this point, to be like, hey, I don't know how to do this. I need help. So like asking for help and try and understanding that I need to start somewhere about anything in life is never been something I've been shy about anymore. Um, so, it, you know, I think it's put me in such a situation now where I'm in a very big growth mindset about anything, you know, and I'm totally comfortable, ironically enough, in this skin now uh, with like, hey, man, I might not know all the answers right now. And I might never not know all the answers, and I'm totally okay with that in that regard, but it's not going to stop me from trying to do the next thing. No, I think, I think that is, you know, like you said, losing 300 pounds is an accomplishment, but the idea that you were able to learn from, you know, take away from that your, your capability, your ability to kind of tackle new things and learn new things, like, and be that lifelong learner is... is a powerful message, I think, for people to hear to realize that things don't end just because you hit a certain number on the scale. You know, it's that idea, it's that willingness, I think, to continue to grow that also helps with building the life that allows you to maintain the health that you've claimed. You know, that 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 place that you've gotten to. You know, it's it's not being stagnant that allows you to stay. You know, in that that place of focus. Yeah, and uh, you know, something uh, when I was losing the bay, the weight. Um, and like when the rapid success started happening, uh, everyone kept asking me, so what's the goal? What's the goal? What's the goal? Mm. Um, I never had an answer, <laughs> you know, I was like, I don't know, <laughs> like keep losing weight and, uh, figure out the next thing, you know, like, and it's funny now, like that's sort of kind of exactly what I keep telling people about anything really. They're like, well, what's the next thing? And I went, I don't know, uh, keep moving forward on this. And then. I'll figure out the next couple of things I want to do from there, I guess, you know, like, like it's just always kind of been that way, you know? That's awesome, man. And tell people one more time, if they want to reach out to you, where they can find you. Oh, the easiest way to get me is through Instagram. Uh, Patrick Fitzpatrick, just like it, just like, uh, it sounds, uh, Patrick Fitzpatrick PFP. Um, 
hit me up there. Um, sometimes I don't realize, like, uh, when I get messages from people you don't follow, it goes into a weird folder. Sometimes I don't realize it's there. Um, just stay, you know, honestly, like, treat me like an idiot. Stay persistent, because sometimes I just don't realize it, it, it's sitting there. So if you just keep saying, hey, 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 I'll, uh, I promise I'll get to you. <laughs> uh, uh, that's the easiest way to get to get to get with me. Um, I know we have a mutual friend in, uh, in John JRFs. Uh, uh, I recently accepted, uh, an expert chair in their, uh, life accountability group. So I'm, I'm always on that group. If you happen to be in that group with us, um, I can't always make the phone calls, but, uh, uh, I'm always around, man. And I, and there's nothing more I enjoy doing than talking to people and helping people out. So, uh, don't be shy, you know, uh, don't be shy and certainly no judgment here. If, uh, if you got questions again, um, everything starts from somewhere. And I once probably answered, asked the same question you want to ask. I once dealt with the same stuff that you dealt with, you know, so don't, don't be shy. There you go, man. And Pat, I really appreciate you taking the time to talk to me today. I end every episode with five questions. I call the fat guy five. Are you ready for your run through those questions? Oh my God, let's do it. Okay, so question number one. Living or dead, who is your favorite fat guy? Chris Marley. There we go. That's one. I, I used to always say to people, tell me who your favorite fat guy is and why. And I've heard Chris Farley so many times that <laughs> I have a good reason. You know, I have a good understanding. I think people have a good understanding of why he pops into people's heads. Like, I think he's a, he's a, he's a great answer there. Uh, especially think, uh, knowing you're a performer. You know, there's, yeah, there's a I lot think, there. I think, uh, I think, uh, a lot of, uh, I think a lot of me being comfortable to be silly in my own skin growing up was from watching Chris Farley, uh, through Saturday Night Live and through his, you know, his, his, uh, TV and movie performances. Oh, for sure. Question number two, Pat, tell us what is one lesson that being a fat guy taught you? Uh, I don't care what you think. Hmm. It's a good yeah, one. Like, uh, like, uh, yeah, I guess, I guess it's just that, like, you know, cause people would go, people would be, people, people would make jokes. I, I have distinct memories of, you know, people of, of like going for the fat joke when like, you know, maybe the situation is getting heated or they're just trying to be mean. And I was just like, yeah, that's, uh, I am fat. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I am fat. You're, you're, you're right about that. I guess, you know, like, like duh, you know, what do they expect you to say? I didn't know. Yeah, I, no way. Thank, thank you. You know, I really, I, I appreciate that. You, you have literally changed my life. Thanks so much. No, uh, like uh, it was always uh, one of those things that uh, I, I, I also remember having this conversation with people is that like when we would go go hang out at the pool or the beach, I was never really afraid to take off my shirt, and people mm -hmm. would be like, "I can't believe you're not afraid to take off your shirt." I'm like, "Well, is it going to shock anybody what's underneath?" <laughs> Trust right. me, I'm a big guy. You know, <laughs> and I, I, I think. The wet shirt almost shows off more than not having a shirt on. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, I came to that point myself when, when I was a teenager. It was like, uh, people are gonna gonna notice either way. This now, I just I don't have to carry a heavy wet shirt around with me. This is this is this is fine. Question number three, Pat. No, you go ahead. I didn't mean to cut you off. No, I was just gonna say not, so, nothing sticking to your body. I guess. Right. Yeah. There you go. Uh, question number three. Tell us if someone out there listening does want to get their, you know. Has has that spark of motivation and wants to get their journey started today? What's one concrete thing they can do? Uh, just start food diary. Uh, start a food diary. Just understand what you're eating. Like, um, you know, working out's great. It's a great uh, release for me. Uh, it definitely adds to what I'm trying to do. But um, the first thing is just understanding what you're eating, and then. Uh, you know, and don't, don't just, don't just do one day, try to do like a whole week and see exactly what you're putting in. Cause sometimes you just don't even realize that like you're putting in as much as you're putting in. So, and it doesn't need to be fancy. Um, you know, if, if you want to engage in like fitness apps and things like that, sure, we could do that, but like concentrate on getting a pen and a piece of paper and just journal, man, just journal it down. It doesn't need, you know, and sometimes people get daunted by the word journal, uh, ledger, log, whatever. All it needs to say is what you ate and uh, what you ate. And then we can go back later and, and see just, you know, how, how many calories are you putting in, you know, and 
for some people, it's just like it could be jaw dropping to find out just how much is going. Oh in. yeah, and be honest. You know, I think that's something. Oh, yeah. well, you know, maybe. I deal with with you know it's, that's one of the things that I have a lot of clients do when we're first getting started, and I immediately see them writing down foods that I know that 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 isn't what they've been eating. You know, the week before that, or the the six years, the twenty years before that. It's like no, be honest, so you can have a real. You, without that information, you have nowhere to go. You know, without that that honest information. So that that's really good advice, man. Question number four, Pat. What is one thing about yourself that you love? Um, now it's uh, it's it's one hundred percent just um, knowing that at this point in my life, if I don't get to the gym. Um, it, it, it bothers me. And I know for some people it'll be like, oh, that sounds terrible. But um, it motivates me so hard to make sure I, I get to the gym on my scheduled days I need to get to the gym. Um, I will literally wake up two hours before I need to start my day just to make sure I get it in. Um, and I love that about myself. I, I really do. Um, you know, forget the fact that it makes me happy, forget all of that. I like the fact that I'm so motivated to keep going and it's such a priority to me to be that way. Um, knowing that literally while I was playing high school and college football, it wasn't, and it was just, it, it never seemed like anything I was going to enjoy. And now it's such an important part, an integral part of my week, my day, my schedule that this happens and it, you know, um, so my love for the gym is something that I'm very proud of at this point in my thirties. There we go, man. And the last question, number five, tell us Pat, what is one goal you have for the next year that is not health, fitness or weight loss related? Uh, I am, uh, I am currently in the process of building a second story on my home in, in Long Island, New York. And, uh, we got a lot of, th me and my wife have a lot of things we need to pick out in terms of what, what's going up, what's, what's going up, what's being built. Um, so right now it's a, a real big focus on getting the, the family house ready to go here for a family in the next, uh, in the next year to 18 months. There we go. I like it, man. So Pat, one more time. Thank you so much for coming on the show today. I really appreciate you diving in to your experiences and sharing it with everyone. Oh, hell yeah, man. Thanks for reaching out and uh, anytime. Definitely, definitely. Well, everyone out there, check out the links. Definitely check out Pat's show as well. And what's the name of that show one more time for everyone? It's called The Sundays Off Show, and you can get there it anywhere you get your podcast, baby. There we go. And hey, don't forget, y'all can connect with me as well on Instagram at Gourmet Goes Keto. You can reach me there at Twitter as well, or you can email the show at thefatguyforum at gmail.com. And then, my friends, remember... Go out there, do something today to amaze yourselves because you're the most amazing people that I know. Then come on back and catch us here on the next episode of the Fat Guy Forum. Mm -hmm.